Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than Stand-Up. I'm Brent Lamont. Joining me today is all of the leadership team from the ISBN Enablement Operations team, Jesse Marchand, Teresa Kramer, Robin Bittner, and Amy Evans. Hi, everyone. As we continue our series on leadership in Agile, today's myth, we're going to talk about how hierarchy doesn't matter. If we have an Agile setup and we're an Agile team, people would assume that hierarchy doesn't matter. Who wants to say that that's shenanigans first? Well, I will raise my hand and say I'm incredibly guilty of doing this. And I will still be incredibly guilty of this because I sort of believe in, in some small aspect of my mind that change comes from those who play on the periphery of acceptability. <laughs> and it will, it's something that will never, ever be eliminated, but one thing that I strive personally for in how I reference the group of people I work with and everything is that, you know, we're a team and we all have different roles. And I really strive to model that sometimes to the frustration of those that are my team members, because they're like, would you just please be a leader and tell us what the direction is or do your, do your back to the previous version. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the previous version. Um, and, and I, I may be misguided in that. And that's why I look to my colleagues and my teammates to say, hey, you know, we need you to be more of this or that, um, which I would hope we could all do with each other and help guide each other. Because I have only the perspective that I have, and I need to have the data from others with various perspectives to help me be a better me and better for them. So the, the existence of hierarchy and how rewards are tied to different levels will always have a very strong influence on people's behaviors. And as much as I might dream that we could get to a state where we don't have that as part of our thought processes when we interact, I have to always remind myself that that is a very real thing. And um, even with people who don't know you, that position in a hierarchy influences how they engage with you from the very get-go. What was that Deming quote that you referenced earlier? Yeah, I know. Good intentions. I mean, <laughs> <Don't matter. laughs> I, I agree with you. I, I think there's a certain amount of <clears throat> being able to be genuine with your team. Hey, tell me if I'm doing stu- stupid stuff, like call me out, right? To some degree, you, you can say that as much as you want to. Yeah. But hierarchy is so built into, in particular, American culture from teachers to parents to military, government. I mean, it's so deeply ingrained that the person up here is in charge. Mm -hmm. And as much as we want to aspire to be on an equal playing field and ask people to be honest with us, to some degree, it's going to influence their behavior. And pretending like it's not isn't helping anybody. I'm thinking in an agile situation in particular, a scrum situation where we're asking teams to do regular retros, having management in the room, having your boss in the room, whether they're your boss or somebody else's boss is going to influence the conversation that's happening. You want people to have a free space. You need to be comfortable as a leader recognizing or manager recognizing that you might be the problem. Mm-hmm. they might need to talk about you. So you need to get out of their space so that we can figure out a way to actually help that team perform. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, when I shared that about aspiring to have that, um, I always try to keep in mind that there's the realities of the world mm-hmm. and it's okay to have an aspiration, but if you let that be the way that you always act, 
and you forget about the way the world really works, then you're going to create more problems than the ones you're trying to solve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm not trying to just, uh, I think we all should aspire to to get to yeah. that level, right? And I think we should show up as leaders in a way that encourages that psychological safety with people. I just don't think we can pretend like that hierarchy doesn't influence things. No, no, no. It it's a reality and it will always be a reality. I mean, humans are tribal creatures mm -hmm. and there's always leaders and there's always followers. And when, again, when rewards and incentives and the things that people would like to have are held by certain individuals, the behaviors are reflected to achieve those things. And as you pointed out, that, that comes from a very, very, very early age. Even, even at a nursery school, it's like, who gets the most attention? And I'm going to cry louder because I want more. Okay, you're crying louder. Well, they're crying louder. How come I'm not getting attention? I need to cry louder too. Or which so, kid is slightly bigger and takes all the toys from the other kids. I mean, exactly. it happens. It's it happens. It's yeah, biology good. in some ways, right? Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Any other so, thoughts on, oh, please. I, I just want to make sure we got everybody to talk about this. I, I just want to combine a couple of topics though, because there's hierarchy and there's assumed leadership. What if you have a hierarchical situation where that leader isn't owning their space and they have someone on their team that assumes leadership within the team. So let me clarify what you're saying. You have a manager from a hierarchy perspective that is the HR manager of a group of individuals. Mm -hmm. And then somebody that is one of those individuals assumes authority. Mm -hmm. Is that because there's a vacuum at the top? Is that part of the, the conversation? It could be. I mean, if that HR leader isn't really leading the team, because maybe they're taking, trying to take a servant leader position, um, but then there's somebody in the group who maybe is bigger or is um, crying the loudest who starts to assume the authority. And this is just, I, I just have been having some interesting conversations with some leadership teams as of late. And this is sort of bubbling under the surface. So I'm just curious from this group, since I have you all together, like how, how do you, what do you do with that? And how as a leader, if you start to see that within your teams? So this is a non-planned either power play or filling a vacuum. Yeah. Okay. Because those other situations, if it was a planned, I'm, I'm building yeah. you up because someday you're going to go do this, then that, that's a completely different situation. Yeah. That's a negative perspective at this point. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know Jesus. that I'm going to have a, a great answer to this, but it's making me think of, of two things from the manager's perspective. The, the, the leverage points, there's... Um, a manager always has control over the amount of fear uh, within their their organization. So that is, there's you know direct levels of, of fear. And then the other aspects, though, is that's harder to tune. And what serving leaders should be thinking about is their 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 cultural aspects. Um, and when we think of like you know the Western cultural and generative culture aspects. So in that vein of thought of of, of tuning the culture, uh, are you encouraging the right 
behaviors from individuals are you and and creating the right structures so that people have uh, can get their voices heard uh, and, and 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 so on so i don't know that it completely addresses the question of um negatively filling the vacuum with assumed uh authority but that's what's coming to mind is is are you focusing enough not on just the the fear aspects but also on the the right behavioral aspects mm-hmm. uh, I, I think i want to answer this question by not addressing the individual that is assuming authority and more addressing the leader who is taking a servant leadership stance mm-hmm. servant leadership doesn't mean abdicating mm-hmm. yeah. right exactly yeah. And if somebody is stepping in because there's a leadership void, that's very different than truly being a servant leader to your people. Mm-hmm. You can't abdicate everything if you're going to, to lead people. You can't just let the team self-manage, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe self-organize, sure. You give them a problem to solve and give them the tools to solve it and let them go. But you can't just disappear. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen where in organizations where people do assume authority because they're void in leadership. There's nobody there telling them anything, giving them any organizational problems to solve, or here's a mission, here's a vision. Yeah, servant leadership is not stepping completely away and saying, oh, just tell me what you need. I'm here to support you. Right, I'm not here to go to your dry cleaning for you. I'm not your servant. Yes. I'm here to support you and give you the environment you need in order to be successful. But a key part of that is I'm setting the direction and the objectives that need to be achieved. You can't, you can't leave that always. Yeah. I mean, back to the point of at some point, we didn't know what we were supposed to do as a team. Mm-hmm. I said that to the team, but I mean, it's my job to figure it out for them. Yeah. Right. If I, I don't have those answers for the organization, I need to go figure that out to give them enough that, Hey, we're not here to, you know, clean the toilets for the organization and we're here to do this other thing, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? Like even if our purpose was, you know, janitor- janitorial duties, sanitary duties, that's cool, but we need to know what we're supposed to be doing inside of the organization. And then giving the people the space and the tools to do that, that is what I view my role as a leader is, is creating that ecosystem for you to be able to do your best work. And if you can't do your best work inside of this organization, it's because I'm failing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a fun place for us to end on this note. And until that next iteration, I'm Brent. I'm Amy. And Jesse. And Robin. And Teresa. Until the next iteration, you can give us a five-star rating at your podcast provider. Shoot us an email at info at fasterthanstandup.com or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than Standup. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.